the first transaction is key. And in order to like break the glass, you just have to be persistent. You just have to remember why you're doing it and you will. And, and what I find is, is also like stops a lot of people. It's like, yeah, but it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. But what if I make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess what? You're going to make tons of mistake. And that's why it's good because all the mistakes you make now, you're not going to make them later again. So make all the mistakes on a duplex. It doesn't matter. Three years from now, you'll be laughing. Absolutely. And the real estate of having mistakes is that time erases your mistake. So that's still good. Yeah, that's that's an issue. People are waiting for us for all green lights to go through, Mm -hmm. but there's going to be issue. And uh, I got to say also, as a real estate investor, you're a problem solver. So the more problem there is, the Mm -hmm. better the deal is. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. What's the real power of leverage? People think real estate is all about leveraging capital. Money is important, but what about the decisions we make? The things we do and don't do determine our success as investors. Choices and actions create success. Before we get to the bank, we make choices guided by mindset and by the things we do and don't know. If we want to succeed as investors, we need to leverage knowledge. We need to increase what we know so our actions pay bigger dividends. Join host Terry Schauer and Jean-Philippe Claude for conversations with leading experts in the real estate field. From mortgages to mindset and from macroeconomics to local market trends, grow your knowledge capital with us. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast where we seek advice to help us make better investing decisions. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Podcast, the deal of the week podcast with a good friend of mine, Axel Mont-Saint-Jean. Axel, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having me, JP. My pleasure. My pleasure. Axel is very active. He's actually one of, of the hosts of the podcast, an active real estate investor. I have his resume here. Uh, we've talked off air and uh, that was pretty impressive first year for you, Axel. Uh, so obviously we're going to discuss that. Encourage people of, of taking action, which I think you're very good at. And uh, yeah, maybe I can read it for people. I think you started investing about a year ago. It's been a little bit more than that, but like pushing and pushing actively. It's been about two years, but really in the last year, we've been able to do that more than one deal a year. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Because since last year, you got a five-plex in Hochelaga Maisonneuve, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. a four-plex in Laval, there's a duplex in Verdun that you want to convert to four to five units. That's mm-hmm. that's a challenge with the cities. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get an accepted offer in due diligence for a land to build 14 units. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty impressive for our first year. First question that comes to mind, uh, Axel, why real estate? Why do you want to invest in real estate? Wow, that's a good question. So after years in the corporate world, I was sick and tired of pushing for somebody else. And very simply, real estate is something that I understand, that I feel like I can kind of control and that I can educate myself about and that allows for good returns without sometimes putting too many hours of work into it. And when our first child our our son was born we have two kids now i actually realized like i want to have more flexibility in my life and i don't want to have to ask somebody else to go take the kids to the doctor at three o'clock in the afternoon and so real estate was one of the possibilities and i am so happy to have made that choice 
in the corporate world. Can I ask you what we, we were doing actually? Of course, yeah. I was doing. I was in the supply chain management and the yeah. logistics. Yeah. Uh, I was for five years in a large manufacturing company in pulp and paper. Yeah. Um, had a blast. Loved it. Learned a ton. Um, and then one year for um, a small rail company called CN. I was there for a year, and then you know it was time for me to to switch. Okay, love the reason, by the way. Uh, on on my own <laughs> resume, actually, I, I I was an engineer before. I am a, still an engineer, but uh, I decided to invest in real estate for the exact same reason of the hour invested versus the return and having a bit of a freedom. Axel, I think also you did the coaching uh, from the club in... I did it last year. I finished. I did it in 2020 yep. and I did most of it actually online and on Zoom with a few uh, courses in person, in class with the group. I it was, it was a game changer for me. I mean, it really opened my eyes and helped structure um, and deepen the knowledge It was, it was, well, a very, very, very good investment. And I highly recommend it to anyone who's on the fence. And talking to people who want to invest in real estate, it always blows my mind. Sometimes the reluctance to invest 5K in yourself when you want to go buy a $500,000 building. You know, exactly. it's, it, it just doesn't make sense. I'm like, first, before you do anything, go invest in yourself, go learn, understand how it works. And then you can do all the deals you want even better. Exactly. Well, it's hard because I remember when I chip in also for my first coaching back in uh, 2011, if I'm correct. Uh, I remember it seems like a, a huge amount of money, but when you start making deals in real estate, you realize that it's really pocket change and that you can lose that or win that within a minute. So yeah. a good investment. And I'm still, by the way, I'm still a fan. I, obviously I teach, so I learn a lot by teaching, but I'm still a fan of learning. Uh, well, since, since the COVID I haven't been, but I try to be in the US at least once a year to learn from them as well, nice. obviously at a different scale than in Quebec. Uh, but still learning is very good. I got to say the main issue with the, with the people of the, uh, in the coaching is the first step, breaking the glass ceiling and making your first deal. Mm -hmm. How did it happen? What, what, what trick can you give to the people listening of, of breaking that, that, that wall? That's a very good question. And now thinking back about it, like what I really considered my first deal, it, it was my first multifamily and it was small. It was a five unit in Lachine. Mm -hmm. uh, and because before that we started with a, I started with a condo and that was pretty straightforward. And before that we had done a small trend well, a transaction with my wife, we bought a little duplex where we, where we live now. And so thinking back of the multifamily, like I had spent enough time educating myself that I knew that that's what I, I wanted. And I, and I looked for it. And what I realized thinking back now is that every transaction you learn something So obviously the first one is almost the most critical because that's where you learn the most. And the first one, like it doesn't make you rich. It doesn't make you poor. I find it just gets you addicted because you see the power that it has and you can read all the books, listen to all the podcasts until you've done every step yourself of making all the mistakes in the offer and going to the inspection and asking some good questions and some bad questions. And then, you know, making mistakes on your financing and this and that, like the first transaction is key. And in order to like break the glass, you just have to be persistent. You just have to remember why you're doing it and you will. And, and what I find is, is also like stops a lot of people. It's like, 
Yeah, but it's not going to be perfect. Yeah, but what if I make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, guess what? You're going to make tons of mistakes. And that's why it's good because all the mistakes you make now, you're not going to make them later again. So make all the mistakes on a duplex. It doesn't matter. Three years from now, you'll be laughing. Absolutely. And the real estate of having mistakes is that time erases your mistake. So yeah. that's still good. Yeah, that's that's an issue. People are waiting for us for all green lights to go through, mm-hmm. but there's going to be issue. And yeah. uh, I got to say also, as a real estate investor, you're a problem solver. So Constantly. the more problem there is, the mm-hmm. better the deal is. So you did, you, you, you're entering the coaching. Basically, you did the five plex in uh, OMA. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how did you find it? Sure. It was actually found through a bird dog that brought it to me. Mm-hmm. And the first time he told me about it, I drove in front and I looked at it and I was like, I want nothing to do with this property. The facade is cracked. It's a th- three floors. It's a stone, so not brick. And it had a crack from literally one corner to the other corner in diagonal. The windows, everything is crooked and stuff like that. And I looked at it and I'm like, eh, not interested. And then it's funny because I actually spoke to someone at the club about this and he looked at me and said, Excel, what are you expecting? Like, if you're looking to buy properties that are all good and fixed, like, you know, that's not how you create value. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I went for a second visit and I said, for me, it's always like, I want to see the crawl space and I want to see the roof and the kind of like the structure, the bones, the box. And then the units, like, you know, a three and a half is a three and a half. And, uh, and I looked and I was like, wow, the crawl space is actually pretty good and clean. Like, yeah, there's, there's a few problems and it made sense. And then it was off market. And this is a, actually a funny story. Like the owners was two older gentlemen and they just put a du proprio sign in front, but it wasn't listed on du proprio. So no one actually saw it other than walking in front of it. So we put it, uh, we negotiated a little bit. We finally put it under contract and I did my scan the seller and I brought him the offer with a six pack of beer and we sit down and we have a chat and he didn't care about the offer. He just wanted the chat. So it was fun. And then we, you know, more or less agreed on the price. It was actually harder to close because, and that's a trick. Like I made a mistake that I wish no one ever makes here. So everyone listen, I wanted to be so transparent and upfront on my financing that I told them, yeah, like structurally it's good, but I'm going to redo the foundation. And I already have an engineer. I have a quote. Here's the quote for the engineer. And what did the bank do? The bank called the engineer and the engineer being the engineer said, well, you know, I mean, it's like every building in Montreal, you know, I mean, I can't guarantee you it's not going to crumble into pieces, but like, (laughs) I I think it's going to be okay. And so the bank was like, what? It might crumble into pieces. And then it just, it just got harder and harder so anyways, it, it took an extra six weeks. We were able to close and we closed end of November, 2020, exactly a year ago, in fact. Wow, nice. And uh, there's uh, Dave Powell that uh, you probably know very well. Says, uh, yeah, buy problems. Uh, he agrees yeah. on, on buying problems. Yeah. And who's the person who said, uh, pay a second visit to that, that building? So that was a pretty no. good. Yep. Yeah. So no, no one told me that in particular, but it's okay. like Simon, the bird dog is like, let's go, let's go check it out. But now that, you know, Dave's in the conversation, Dave is the one who had told me like, Excel, if you're expected to buy buildings in good shape, like this is, you have to buy problems. You're, and the more problems, the better off you are, because the more value you're going to create. Exactly. So he was right. And we redid the foundation and redid the facade and redid the roof and, and all that. And now we're, it's been a year 
full cycle and we're just about to finish the refinancing. I'll stop there for the the numbers because I want to know the numbers and how did it go. But there's one thing I always say, there's no bad building, there's only bad prices. So there's no problem in the world that you can't fix. If the building is really unfixable, well, you demolish and you rebuild on the land. So there's no problem too hard to fix obviously some problems are going to be bigger than others and depending on your experience it may seem unsolvable but it's it's just about putting on on the price on the problem and fixing the problems Mm -hmm. also it's funny because sending the quote to the bank i've seen it a couple of times it's a rookie mistake i'm not saying you're totally totally rookie mistake uh, you never sense like the inspection report which is always supposed to be the worst condition don't send that to the bank it's always a problem i've seen that many many times Mm -hmm. so it's a rookie mistake that's okay you learn with the from from these mistakes and uh and you move on so tell me about uh how did it go did it uh cost more what's the yeah so it was a little bit more so we actually put it under contract at originally 750 and then we negotiated down to 740 and I made another rookie mistake is that we agreed on 740, but I actually didn't put it in writing and then updated the notary. So like a week before, he's like, what do you mean? The price is 750. I'm like, no, it's 740. So I called this. I, I know so many mistakes, but you learned. But that's and okay. so, so we that's negotiated okay. with the seller and he's like, look, I don't remember who suggested me or him. And we said, look, let's split it halfway. Just bring me a $5,000 check and we'll just be even. So that's what we did. So, so it costs you a coaching. So it, exactly. <laughs> But so, I mean, hey, good yeah. investment. No, no, I was talking about, I say, well, by the way, we still make mistakes. Uh, I still make mistakes. They're just more, more costly because of the, the problems are yeah. bigger, but you still make mistakes and, and sometimes dumb mistakes. It's, I, made, I made some dumb mistakes this year, and, mm. uh, but it's all about the learning. So that's, yeah. that's funny. So 745. So, and, so we closed at yeah. 745. We knew we needed to redo so when I took the seller, was like, when did you redo the roof? I don't remember. I was like, you've owned it for 25 years or close to 30. You don't remember? No. Okay. So the roof's got to be redone. I call it a green roof because there's grass starting to grow up there. It was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, So we redid the roof. We redid the foundation. So six feet excavation, two times 25 feet wide of concrete, so on and so forth. And we redid the, the, the facade. The building had sagged in the middle. The facade was broken. So remove all of the stone, change all the doors and windows. So we did about 180K of work into it. And I still remember actually Dave telling me, you know, for that price, maybe you should dig the basement and do two extra units and this and that. And thinking back, like, should have I done it or not? I feel like I've had enough problems with this one that I'm just happy to wrap it up. But for the next one, I probably will. Cause you're right. Like once you've dug in the front, you might as well, you know, dig in the back and actually do a, an extra three bedrooms downstairs. That's Next time. Yeah, next time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about the tenants inside? So, so the tenants, the unit split is four, three and a halves and one six and a half. The, the six and a half is the middle floor. It had been freshly renovated, not rented. So I had said, leave it to me, I'll rent it. And I rented it at market value, 1800 a month without hydro, without anything. So a very good, you know, a good rent. And then the other four were rented. And for some reason... I just got lucky because two, three months later, one of them had an immigration problem. 
had to leave the province. I, you know, I said, oh, well, you know, you're going to break your lease. I'm not happy about this, but I'll make you a favor and blah, blah, blah. You can move anytime, basically. <laughs> and another one, young couple, they were together after two, three months, same thing. They split up and then he stayed. And then after two months, he's like, basically, I can't afford it. I'm leaving. So same dance. Oh, well, you're going to break your lease. I'm not happy about it. And then one of them, the worst unit, ground floor, three and a half, I had to negotiate with him. And he had given me a few clues, like he was about to retire. The unit was dark and cold and it needed some love. And so we negotiated and we negotiated about 10 months of rent, which was about 4K. Yeah, 4K, not 10 months of rent, 4K. And I paid for the moving truck. And I told him you can go within a 30 kilometer radius. And he ended up going six blocks away. So four out of five. And then one, uh, he's still there. We have a very good relationship. His rent is lower than market. But it is what it is. And that's that. So we were able to renovate one of the units. The units needed a little bit of work, but not that much. It was mostly cosmetic, a little bit on the electrical, changed some lights, changed some heaters. One of the units, we redid the kitchen, everything, uh, backsplash, uh, new flooring, repaint, new lamps and stuff like that. But it wasn't severe. There was no structural inside. There was nothing like that. So that was uh, that was pretty good. And overall, because I bet that's the question that you want to ask, is that the revenue. So at acquisition, we were at 51000 and we brought it to 70050 70, Nice. So you yeah. got four units, basically the six and a half. Two others and one negotiated. So there's one tenant that's still there. Okay. That's still there. Yeah. And, and so, okay. Well, and that's so we, a good reason value. Yeah. So we took it from, from 51 to 70. Mm-hmm. And so now we reappraised at 1.25. And that's what we're refinancing on. And uh, I had I was pushing on the refi because I had said, if we don't refinance, I can't get presents for, for my kids for Christmas. That's it. But exactly. uh, I think it'll be end of December, beginning of January, but we're still going to have a happy holidays. Nice. And I'll say 180, was that the overall overall work on the property or it was just the uh, foundation and roof? Yeah. And, and I need to go back over the numbers. Oh yeah, because one detail, we're finishing and about to, la- to rent the last unit. And uh, Simon calls me and say, hey, Excel, we have a problem. I'm like, what's the problem? He lifted the entry to the crawl space. He's like, there's water floating and there's poo going around. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So rushed over there. I think in the work, when we redid the foundation, the building moved a little bit and it kind of went down and it broke part of the, uh, the sewage. Tuyo, tuyo, yeah, the sewage. So we have a six inch pipe in terracotta, classic at the time, broken and clogged. So hell of a weekend. And uh, it actually costs quite a bit. And some of those costs I haven't factored into it yet. So we might be closer to like the 190, 195. Okay. But good learning experience. I was already thinking like I need to excavate and redo the whole thing. There is now a technique where if you have a clean six inch pipe, they can put a new pipe into it on five inch and then they just kind of inflate it and they cook it and you save an excavation. So that's what we're doing. Nice. And uh, it's actually like 5,000. Really yeah, it's bad. not that much. It's not that bad. Yeah. And so we saw with the city, there was roots in that pipe. The terracotta is three feet sections. And it's literally like we had a coffee filter of roots every three feet <laughs> for, for about 30 feet. So you can yeah. imagine like how much stuff stays in that pipe. So cleaned. Um, and then they put another machine in there to like cut all the root, unclogged, cleaned and stuff. And then we're doing yep. very soon the new pipe. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I saw some video where they inflate a balloon, like 
that goes to the pipe. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty cool. Good yeah. for you, man. Good for you. Good. Uh, you saved a, a couple of thousand dollars there. Yeah, because otherwise I was getting quotes for the excavation. Yeah, my part, the city's part, and and so on. And it's you know you're easily at ten, twelve k, easy. Oh yeah, easy, easy. easy. Well, that, that's a good strategy. Okay, so that that one ninety, one ninety five. Does it include the renovation from the apartment? Or that's an extra. Yeah. No, no, everything, everything. Yeah, so on the inside, we didn't do that much. It was mostly yeah. cosmetics, and that's cheap. That's pretty good because seven, like two hundred with foundation, roof, and units. That's that's a pretty good budget. Um, so seven forty five plus two hundred plus a few extra soft costs. Let's say so nine seventy five would be your cost, more or less. Would that yeah, make about, sense? About. Yeah, with with some soft costs and stuff. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And you're gonna refinance based on a value of one point two. One- 1.25 and 1. Uh, CMHC at 85%. And uh, we're getting basically getting all of our money back plus a little bit. And that little bit is, you know, how much I need to resit down and refinalize the numbers now that we're almost done with all the extra expenses. But um, yeah, it was a good deal. Can I ask you, CMHC, you're going for 35, 40 years. Did you try going 40. a little bit? Well, this one is on, is on 40. Because you did major renovation. That's good. Yeah. All right. So 40 and... Also, a little bit of piece of knowledge for five and six units. For those of you who are less familiar, debt coverage ratio on refinancing is 1.2 instead of 1.3 on seven units and more. So it makes a huge difference. So if you go 40 years, 1.2, probably you've hit the maximum loan amount. So you're basically 85% of 1.2. Yeah, the difference can be quite significant. And we... I went through a mortgage broker who did a fantastic job, Stephanie Kowalu. I really want to mention her. She's been great. And we, when we did the analysis, we're going to go with one of the big Canadian banks and uh, at a rate at, I think, 2.59. I mean, as we all know, since a few months, rates gone back that's up. That's still good. That's but, so that's, good. but it's still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, And it was one of the lowest, but that's not just my, my factor. Um, so that's overall, it's, uh, it's been good and you teach it and you know it more than anyone. Like when you're surrounded with good professionals on, like on the financing and like on the, on the renovations and stuff, like they may be more expensive, but they so pay for themselves. Exactly. So important. Yes. It's so important. And that's one of the mistakes talking about mistakes. That's one of the mistakes I did when I started, I said, well, I'm doing business with Desjardins. I'm doing business with Banque Nationale. You're doing business with Caroline, you're doing business with Serge, and they make a huge difference. Same thing for mortgage brokers, same thing for renovation partner, same Mm -hmm. thing for a lot of different. So you always try to build and maximize uh, your team. And the funny thing I'm saying in class too is that I don't know anything except the, the full number that I'm going to call yeah. <laughs> the answer. Yeah. So that's the only thing I know. And and I see the real estate investor as a really a conductor of an orchestra mm-hmm. and all the musicians are your team and you just play the music all together and you, you're putting people together. So if you don't have good musician, you can be a good conductor. It's not going to work well. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. I, I've run the numbers. So 85% of 1.25 is going to give you like 1 million 30, something like that. Yeah, I think, yeah. Just about that. More or a few, less. So a few thousand you're bucks. get uh, an extra uh, Christmas gift and get all your money back and run a good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. In one year, 
in the current market, it's it's pretty tough uh, in Montreal to get that. It used to be my 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 go no go gauge for a project, but these days it's it's pretty competitive. So mm -hmm. congratulations, Excel, you deserve it. You've you've earned Thank you. it. Thank and, you. And, and yeah. just thinking of like, you know, we make mistakes every day, and on this one, one of the major learning experiences, and that's something I'd like to share with everyone for the, for the club, is that. The key and a lot of the value, yeah, you have to buy in the right place at the right price and stuff like that, but it's the quality of the, the execution. If you're able to, within a fairly short amount of time, do all these all these steps, that's when you build even more value because mm. I did it in one year. Could I have I done it in six months? Maybe, maybe not because there was winter and stuff like that. I could have done it over a two-year period. would have been worse. But like the quality of the execution and who you delegate to and who you work with makes such a big difference. And that's one of the things that I'm going to continue working on for the next projects. Absolutely. Especially while well, you were on a conventional loan, uh, mm -hmm. especially if you're private. Imagine if you're private. Yeah. You go fast, fast, fast. And a typical mistake, because this it's still the coach talking, uh, a typical mistake is having a promise to purchase accepted And just like, yeah, that's going to be good. And going to the notary and said, okay, now we're going to do our, our renovation. You need to plan ahead that as soon as you got the keys at the notary, yeah. you start yeah. right now. This yeah. is this yeah. is so important. So you, these delays, you can control the financing. You can't, so you control the delays. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. And that's how, it took me too long to realize that you build most of the value in the planning of a project before you even close. You're absolutely right. Like in the due diligence, the one month or two that you have, that's when you need to line up everything. So as you said, like the day you get the keys, you start your demolition. You know, if you already got your permit, of course, everything has to be done legally. Uh, but to really be able to to get the work going and it's amazing how much value and how much you can plan without even owning the place. That's it. Absolutely. Talking about delays in COVID windows, you want to change the windows on your project, plan ahead, ask for windows as soon as possible. So you're going to reduce these delay. Mm -hmm. So try to plan. You, mm -hmm. You're not the owner yet, but you try to plan the renovation as much as yeah. possible. Yeah. You said bird dog uh, for that property, just to make sure everybody understand, because bird dog is not a term that everybody understands. It's somebody that searched for you and uh, asking a compensation uh, mm -hmm. over uh, the work that he's done on searching a good deal. The other deals that you've done, Excel, so you, you, you're pretty active, a great resume for this year. So how did you find these these property? And what was your prospection? Well, one of the funniest, actually, is the, the duplex in Verdun. It's on It's on Wellington at the end of the street where he meets with LaSalle. Best prospecting. You go for a stroller walk. And my wife was on, on a walk with a stroller. And every time we see a paper from the city on a door, we always go read what it is. This one was an eviction notice pour insalubrité. Mm -hmm. And it was, pro it was well located. We knew the place was vacant. And then we went full ahead with contacting the owner who lived in LaSalle, you know, 10 minute drive from our place. Took us two to three months. We got it under contract. We got it at a very good price. And it was off market. And we know we, we made at least at least 100, if not 150K just on the acquisition, just because it was not listed. Uh, so that was one of them. And then the other one, the one that we're doing in, in uh, Laval, this one is the exact opposite. This one was listed on Centris. And the way There's I found deals it- deals on Centris, guess, guess what? There's wow. still deals on Centris. And wow. the irony is that 
someone had sent me a property in Laval, like literally two blocks away from this one. And I was like, when, one night I'm working on it. And I just thought, let me see what's on the market in that neighborhood. And I see this listing for a four unit for 300 K. I'm like, something's wrong here. What's, you know, it doesn't make sense. And I used to just be like, oh, it's a mistake, whatever. And this time I was like, no, I texted the agent at eight o'clock at night. She texted me back at eight o'clock in the morning. And she said, cutoff is noon for the offers. Luckily, my wife was on vacation. I had a bunch of stuff planned. I was like, I'm not even going to go visit. I'll just make an offer. If we get accepted, I'll go visit. And at about nine o'clock, I'm like, "Mm, maybe we should go. So I called her back. We went at 1130. We made an offer at 12 and it took two days and we we got accepted. Um, And it was on the market for like barely a week, 300 meters away from a metro and fully vacant succession it's been empty it's been vacant for two years wow it shows like there's still deals on centris it's just that it's not labeled as a good deal you just have to see it you have to create value you don't find good deals you make good deals wow that's great uh we got one question from the public uh, the public maria and uh, i think we're going to cover a, a bit the beginning that we did but she's asking basically Uh, what are your thoughts on the building dating 1900 or so? <laughs> yeah. So it's for now, it's been like a bulk of our experience. And frankly, I'm getting tired of it just because nothing is straight. Everything's weird. Unless it's like a full strip and you rebuild everything, you always find something where you're like, oh, I wish I could fix this. That's not good. And so is it that there's a lot of opportunities in that asset class, but Me personally, I want to try to do less and less of it because there's so many things you don't control and it's so much harder to stick to your budget. That's true. Sticking to the budget. I think I have a different opinion on this. I think the worst building are actually 2000, like 190, 195, 95. Yes, 95. Thank you. 95 and 90 because it's been 20 years. Uh, there's nothing that has been done on a property and everything starts to fall apart. True. So one of my worst buildings I ever bought was about 25 years old. And the best building I bought were really old, but well kept. Mm-hmm. So yes, the foundation needs a little bit of love, uh, obviously. But if it's a, has been well renovated, um, it's not so much an issue for me because there is no bad building. There's only bad prices. But be careful on buildings that are, that are 20, 25 years old because... All the juice was squeezed by the provincial owner by yeah. doing nothing on the property. And then the roof comes out, the window, all the problems starts to pop out on that property that has been not neglected, but it's still young, but it didn't yeah. age very well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So be careful with, uh, with that. Uh, do you want to say something to people that are starting advice, anything you want to say? Well, I mean, I'm just going to share my experience. And what's made a difference for me is you can't over-educate and hang out with people that are further than you in terms of what you want to do. And so for me, the club has been a game changer and I say it, and I'm very grateful to the organization and just read, read books, listen to podcasts, talk to people. And real estate is a, is a people business. If you just stay home and just like read books by yourself, you're never going to make it work. You got to go out there, get involved, make some offers, talk to your neighbors, talk to other owners in your neighborhood, just small steps, small actions every day. 
Absolutely. And don't listen to people who don't invest in real estate. That's the worst thing. And mm-hmm. they're going to protect you because they love you. They don't want you to make mistakes and have some challenges. So they're going to protect you. So do not speak to people who don't own real estate. Go mm-hmm. to the event. To have a discussion. I know that you have some events also on your side, Excel, mm-hmm. uh, where you do networking. And that's very good because... Yeah, that's it. You surround yourself with with successful people. So very good advice at the end. On the last note, I got to say, we've just started a new cohort on the coaching and mentoring program on Saturdays. I know it's been a while uh, for the English club of having Saturdays classes. It's starting back in person or in Zoom. Uh, So I'll just uh, put the links in the comments or in the show notes. But it's starting on January 15th on Saturdays. It's a compressed session. So it's 10 classes uh, uh, from January to June, uh, all about real estate. So if you want to join in, it's uh, limited spaces, obviously, because of COVID. So if you want to jump in, uh, you'll have the link below. Axel, thank you very much. Such a pleasure talking to you. You too, man. Uh, Thanks for having me. You've, you've probably helped a lot of investors out there. All right. I hope so. I hope I can. Axel, thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, JP. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.